Diane Cameron Come back home. Come back 
Divine, all blessed love and prosperity. You are now sitting live with the Divine Prince, Pan African spiritualist, practitioner, author, and advisor, and my beloved historian and griot and best friend, the beloved Denise Augustine. My cousin will be with us shortly. He'll be a little tardy today, but the beloved Awo, Chief Priest Baba Awo of Ile Isese Oladeji will be with us momentarily. Oloye Ifawole Aladeji Ifantade. We are sharing with you in all things spiritual, mystical, metaphysical, cosmic, evolutionary, revolutionary, healing, and holistic from a Pan-African hoodoo world spiritualist perspective. Understanding that all is truly and indeed a blessing. If you can just see beyond the veils, for it is all just an illusion and a test and one of the greatest divine mysteries of this life cycle. This is my constant prayer, my mantra, affirmation, reverberation, my reiteration, and it is my personal ever-living reality. All is a blessing is crucial to the very foundation of my understanding, my teaching, my walk, my work, my demonstration along this divine, all-blessed life path and journey. It is how I, the divine prince, make sense out of all that we are challenged with here in our daily existence on Mother Father Earth. And it is my personal place of power and understanding, the place from where I begin, the place from where I realize and crystallize all my endeavors, understanding that I and I alone create and co-create my divine destiny, and I and I alone create and co-create my divine all-blessed reality. And so it is. Ashe. Greetings. Greetings this Monday, April 19th, 420 E, April 19th, uh, 2021. And you are now listening and sitting live with the Divine Prince and, of course, the beloved Denise Augustine sharing with you virtually, verbally, cosmically, quantum universally from this working temple of the house of the Divine Prince and the secret layer of the Denise Augustine (laughs) in this beautiful, historic, legendary, some would say most haunted and most chanted city in America, New Orleans, Louisiana, the land of my ancestors and those who came before me along this hoodoo obey a life passing journey, passing down the great obia stick along with the knowledge of the life-giving herbs, roots, plants, rituals, Spirits, minerals, the legacy, the culture, the traditions, the history, and indeed our sacred stories. 
please visit the beloved Denise Augustine at www.OurSacredStories.com. And if she will, she'll share her email address with you uh, momentarily uh, when I bring her on screen. And I just heard a beep, so I believe Kazon might also be with us, the beloved Oloye, Baba Oloye. Come on in. And before we move forward, breathe and breathe again. Understanding that the creation of sacred space is critical. It's critical to all that we do, all that we say, all that we be in this divine moment in time space. We speak, create, and recreate our reality every moment of our existence with our mouth. And before it proceeded out of your your mouth, it's got to pass through your body. It's got to pass through your chakras. It's got to pass through your heart. It's got to resonate in ori before you speak it out of your mouth. So just because you don't voice your shadow, just because you don't voice your complications, your illusions, doesn't mean that they don't exist. Doesn't mean that you do not allow them to hold power in your reality. My beloved Denise Augustine helps me and reminds me every day about the creation and recreation of our reality. We control this. We control this. They don't control this. Your past doesn't control this. Your present only controls this. Your future doesn't control what's happening with you right now in this divine moment. Indeed, we hold the past and the present and all its possibilities in our hands in this present moment in time space. So the creation of sacred space is critical. I'm not here to judge. I'm not here to chastise. I'm not here to pound my fist and, and, and preach, but we've got to look at what we're taking in. We've got to look at what we're taking in. We've got to look at what we're digesting. It's coming in through our ears, coming in through our eyes. It's coming in through our own mind and our own imagination sometimes. It's indeed coming in through what we eat. And you cannot expect to develop God-like qualities and powers consuming only the dead carcasses of animals, chickens and cows and pigs, the digestion of, of the pus and mucus of cows and other animals, artificial this, synthesized that, fake food. You can't expect to develop God-like qualities. And let's understand, we stand on the shoulders of mighty ancestors, mighty ancestors. And our ancestors ate what they had to eat. Our ancestors lived in a very different climate, literally and figuratively, than what we exist in today. And they, and they survived. But they also passed down through the generations diabetes, heart problems, mental health issues, other areas that we battle today. So don't judge yourself. Don't blame yourself. No, it's not just you. No, it's not 
only you. No, you didn't necessarily create this scenario, but you can create and recreate right now in this divine moment in time space. You just got to be willing to stand up, take charge, make some adjustments. Adjustments are uncomfortable sometimes. The beloved Oya comes to teach us that. First, Oya comes to teach us that we must have a foundation in the soil, just like plants, just like trees. We must have a foundation in the soil. And again, that's at every level of our chakra, what we eat, our connection to nature. For indeed, there is no voodoo, there is no ifa without nature. There is no Akan without nature. There is no indigenous practice without nature. There is indeed no magic without nature. Oya also comes to teach us about sudden change and transformation. Again, as it is demonstrated in nature. There's a consistency in nature. Seasons. Everything has its season. Everything has its time. Everything has a cycle. Everything has its rhythm. And then the hurricanes come. And then the, the rough winters come. The blizzards come. The typhoons come. So all y'all teaches us about rhythm with the seasons, rhythm with nature. But she also teaches us that great magic happens through nature. And, and sometimes spontaneously, sometimes magically, sometimes instantly. But both of those principles hold close to the bosom of Oya. And, and our beloved Shango, of course, reminds us to check our ego. <laughs> check your egos at the door. When coming into the Ile, we're coming into the house, when stepping into the spiritual sacred temple that is your spiritual body, check our egos. Remember, God is bigger than anything. Our ancestors are bigger than anything. Our ancestors are stronger than magic. Our ancestors are stronger than, than witchcraft. Our ancestors are stronger than voodoo. Our ancestors are stronger than slavery. Our ancestors were stronger than racism and, and white supremacy. And still we rise. And still we rise. It may not appear to you all that I'm distracted, but I am. <laughs> Just a little bit. I got a lot going on today. And I'm going to allow my co-host, my beloved cousin, and of course, Denise Augustine, to speak and share and teach whatever they choose to share with us today. And so give them due respect. I invite you to participate. My phone lines are open at area code 845-277-9143, 845-277-9143. When you're ready with your question, comment, and request, do press the number one on your telephone keypad. Be, be patient. Allow us to... Take a breath. I'll come and open your mic. Some of you drop the phone lines before I can uh, respond to you. And so please, 845-277-9143, press the number one. Of course, you can also join us here live on screen and be a co-host by way of the StreamYard link. 
which I now have scrolling at the bottom of your screen. Greetings, Shamafia, beloved. Eva, Orisha, Mojiba, Orisha, welcome. Annie Walker, come on in. Guinevere Reed, thank you so much for your consistent love and support. Nina Lloyd, you know I got your back, girlfriend. <laughs> All is a blessing. All is a blessing. And, of course, uh, my beloved cousin is signed in under his Ile. Ile Isefe Ola Deji. And we are grateful for your support and your love and your attendance and your comments. And your criticism, I support and love all of the email and messages that I get about the show. And I'm constantly reminding my cousin and and my beloved Denise. Um, And me and Denise might be distant cousins, too, by the way. Uh, We've talked about that off air. But I have quite a few Augustines in my um, Ancestry.com blood chart. So I'm going to bring you all in. Greetings, beloved. Hello, my darling. Looking like Oshun, beloved. Come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and my beloved cousin. Oh, oh yeah. Hey, darling. Good to see you. All right. <laughs> I appreciate both of you all coming in and supporting me on the show. And and I realize I'm putting a little bit extra on y'all today. Last minute. I could have given y'all a little bit more of a warning. Uh, but, you know, I, I trust your expertise, both of you. I trust your experience. I trust your ability to teach and to share and to tell a story. And so um, I felt confident that, okay, 15 minutes prior, they can do this. <laughs> they can do this. So we're going to let Denise come on in and, and, and share with us. She might tell a story. She might share her, her, her story. She might give us some information, and then Kazon is going to do likewise. And so, please, I'll have more time to interact in the chat. I'll, I'll be a little bit more attentive to the Blog Talk Radio platform in both the chat room and the phone line at 845-277-9143. All is a blessing. Well, good afternoon or, uh, to the uh to everybody listening, I um, I want to talk about taking action. Uh, I'm a firm believer in prayer and meditation. I'm a firm believer in ritual. Uh, I think that uh, people should have a, a ritual space in their home. Uh, a place where they can go and it's solely, the energy is solely uh, concentrated in that one area, even though I have altars throughout my house. I have shrines throughout my house. I even had one on my desk on my job that they did not know what it was. But I needed uh, something to focus on, especially with uh, uh the stress of this job sometimes I needed to have something that I could look at and go, I need my ancestors to cover me. Mm-hmm. Many times I needed my ancestors to shut my mouth. <laughs> uh, and so 
I'm a firm believer in ritual spaces that you can concentrate positive energy to. I'm also a believer in giving spirits something to work with. You can sit around all day and pray and meditate. I want this, I want that, I want the other. But action brings thought to reality. Step out in faith. You prayed about it. Step out in faith and let and let spirit bring you those people you need to meet or put you in a position for an opportunity that you would never have had. Saying, like, I know we've been locked in since 2020. Uh, safely come out. You have a dream. I need you to start working towards it. I uh, own a small tour company, as you may know. My website is not up yet. I'm not ready to go back to work. My uh, email is OurSacredStories at OurSacredStories.com if you want to contact me, though. But this is the thing I want to talk about. I was comfortable with my uh, tour company. And I was touring the cemetery, and uh, my business was pretty good, and it was enough for me because I'm semi-retired, and uh, I wasn't looking to build a huge company and hire people and manage people. Ben that did that already, but uh, my concentration was on New Orleans Cemetery. Most Catholic cemeteries, because we're Catholic slash voodoo city, uh, are owned by the Archdiocese of New Orleans. Well, during COVID uh, in 2020, in March of 2020, they closed the cemetery. The one with Marie Laveau, our voodoo mother in it, uh, they closed the St. Louis number one, which is the one I was touring in. St. Louis number two is the one that I was doing the Afro Creole tour in because we have our Afro Creole ancestors who fought after, during the Civil War and after the Civil War for civil rights for uh, blacks in this area. We had the first black state treasurer from Louisiana. We had the first black governor from Louisiana post-Civil War doing Reconstruction. And so there's a lot of information about us as black people and what we're capable of just giving a little open door. If you open the door, we're going to show you what we can do. Remember, baseball was closed to black people. Basketball was closed to uh, uh, black people. But if you give us an opportunity, we will show you just who we are. And in St. Louis, number two, these black men uh, uh, and women, I have women in St. Louis, number two, who became very wealthy through real estate, born in slavery. Uh, one woman in particular talks about how she was kidnapped in Guinea, and she must have been seven years old. She was not educated. She came here, and through hard work, she became wealthy through real estate. When she died, she left money for education for 
uh, uh, children, I'm, I'm missing a word, children with no family, uh, orphans. She left money for schools for orphans to teach them to read and write and to educate them. So there's a lot in these cemeteries. Now, we have a saying in religion. Uh, I said all of that to say this. I was comfortable in doing what I what I was doing. I was I'm well versed in our history. And then COVID came and they closed the cemetery. Now, what I realized is that I should have diversified. Because in closing the cemetery, it left me without an online presence. Uh, to make any money. So I learned the lesson of uh, diversifying, of be, having an online, and Ty, uh, Divine Prince had been preaching to me, you need to diversify, you need to have more than one screen. So now I'm in the process of doing other things. I come from uh Strong women, crazy women, and scared men in my family. The women were all insane. The men were supportive and loving. And these women uh, would sacred oils, things for rituals, uh, which has to be done a certain way. Nobody makes ritual oils or sacred perfume oils. You don't just get up and make that. There's meditation. There's singing. There's the uh, seeking of the spirit. There's the uh, 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 praying for each oil and uh, putting concentrated spiritual energy in these things and, you know, many, many steps to doing that. And I was privy to this information because my grandmother had 17, my great-grandmother had 17 children, only five girls out of those 17. And of those five girls, only one had a child. My grandmother had my mother. My mother later in life, past 30 years old, had me. So while I grew up with no brothers and sisters, she had no brothers and sisters. My next of kin was these great aunts. And therefore, I got I was the only girl of their sister. Therefore, when they made these things, uh, I was there. I was present. When they made uh, 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 money rice and when they made... Uh, uh, love oils, and then they made these things. So I'm in the process of diversifying. My first love, of course, is telling our story. So I said all of that to say this. Those of you with a dream, I need you not to just sit in that dream. There are opportunities Go to your ancestors, clean that altar, talk to them, feed them, right? I made a little gumbo. I give them a little gumbo. 
I ask them to provide me with the answers that I don't have. And I promise you, what you need will be brought to you. But you cannot sit on your dreams. They are biting at the bit. Your ancestors are waiting to blow that business up. They're waiting to introduce you to the people you need to know. I ain't got no money. Money will come. The things you need will come. People will give it to you. Somebody will donate what you need. Uh, you can't find something. Somebody will go, oh, I'm going to find that. I needed bottles. Couldn't find a certain bottle I wanted. I didn't need this bottle. But Spirit told me this bottle should be a certain color. And everywhere I went online to look for this bottle, the color I wanted was out. Somebody called me and said, you know what? I'm going to make perfume, but I ain't making no perfume. And I'm cleaning out my garage, and I got these bottles. And I smiled, and I said, what color? And they told me the color of the bottle, and it was the very color I was looking at. And so... People will walk up to you and tell you what you need to know. And so my advice today to you is to never give up on your dreams. Never even talk about what you don't have. Tell spirit what you need. Never give power to a negative thing. Never say, oh, I ain't got this and I ain't got that. Never give that kind of power. Put it out there, this is what I need. Start with what you have, and I promise you, whatever else you need is going to come to you, whether it's people, whether it's money, whether it's situations. Your dream, God is not a sociopath. Spirit is not a sociopath. You would not be given a dream if you were not going to be given. The the way is already made. The road has been cleared. The people have been set up. Even your enemies will help you against their own will. Your enemies will tell you. People who don't want to see you succeed will fall down and have to tell you something you need to know. So my advice today is just to not give up on trust. Take action. Action brings about reality. And make this your mantra. Action brings reality and the way has already been clear. So that's what I have to say today. Ashe, that was more than I expected. Okay. So you know me. Don't you know I'm 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 everybody's when it comes to this kind of stuff. I'm everybody's mom. I ain't gonna cut no corners to people. I'm gonna tell you that I've got enough life experience. No woman or no man should have to make a mistake. I know where the ditch is. I ran in the ditch already because I didn't listen to them old, them old wise men. So you ain't got to run into the ditch. I'm going to tell you exactly how to get where you need, it to, where you need to go. You've got to trust. You've got to have faith that the way is already made for you. I say, I say, give thanks for that. And, of course, if anyone has questions, comments, requests, call us at 845 845- Two seven seven nine one four three. You can also join us on screen by way of the link uh, that I have placed in the chat. And now I'm going to allow my cousin to speak. 
beloved Olo Ye. Come on in. How you doing? How do you how do you have me over now in Mama Denise? <laughs> what is I can't give you a tour when things go back to normal. I am dying to tell the stories of our success. We have I know we come from tragedy. Believe me, I know I live in the biggest slave port in America. More enslaved people came through Louisiana and through New Orleans than anywhere else in the nation. But we did not have, we took what little we had and blew it up. And that same, that brought you here, that same blood that brought you here is the same blood that you used for success. Look, neither white nor left. None of that foolishness got nothing to do with you. That ain't got nothing to do with you. You stay focused on what you want and let all of that fall away because when you get up in the morning, there's a whole bunch of stuff trying to grab your attention. Or the news is bad. Or this one got killed. Or that happened. Or this ain't good for you. That ain't good for you. You know what's good for you. Your ancestors and DNA did not survive by not having some internal mother's wish, whether you're a man or a woman. Whether you pay attention or not, all you have to do is sit in silence. Everything you want to know is in that silence. You can pray and pray as is good, but you can't hear spirit if your mouth continues to run or your brain continues to run. Sit quiet and let them talk. Let them talk. And they're going to tell you which way to go and what to do. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm learning. <laughs> but you know, yesterday, uh, with, in fact, greetings to everybody. And I feel out to everybody. Uh, my greetings to you all. Yesterday, we had um, a teaching yesterday. And yesterday, for about, it turned out to be five hours. So for five hours, uh, I was teaching on therapy and mental health. And I believe that what you are sharing has a lot to do with healthy mental health. The opportunity and the ability to see things for what they are, for how they are, and then having the confidence that in your ORE, in your consciousness, you're in your inner consciousness, that you have the ability to make things manifest, to bring and effect change, to elevate to be to where you desire to be, and then that you have the power in your aura, in your consciousness, in your spirit, that anything around you or anybody around you can then will, will eventually fit in to what it is that you are desiring. So you then will be like the magnet. So the magnet is like Shango. Shango is the Orisha of magnetism. So therefore, you, you begin as you really go into your consciousness and into your thought, into your intuitiveness, into your, your, your consciousness on a higher level, that you can then magnetize the people and the things that you are needing in order to fulfill and to move forward into your destiny. We spoke about so many things about how in, in relationship to things that we go through in our life and the things that have maybe happened in our life. But beyond that, 
We we also went back to to, to generational mental health mm-hmm. and the generational mental health of watching. Yes, we all know that slave the the slavery the slave trade affected a a consciousness within us that still manifests in many of us today. But we also have to speak about ancestors as far as those who came into this country generations after slavery that happened to deal with Jim Crow, that happened to deal with a lot of the, the, the things that are happening, were happening in life in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. Living here in, in Oklahoma, of course, an hour and a half away from me, in the 20s, they had the, the Tulsa, uh, the Tulsa uh, situation. And having the opportunity to meet uh, some of the descendants and some of the, the people's families that had gone through that, there's still generational mental healing and cleaning that has to be done. Going through getting raised by my older uh, parents, my, my, my grandparents, it gave me the opportunity to, from their view, from their view and their point of view, how they went through uh, from, like, my grandfather being in World War II and segregated them, from them having to, them being born uh, at a time just before the, the uh, 1930s when we went through the Great Depression, going through the 50s, uh, and, and that realm, the things that happened there, the 60s, seeing the deaths of so many of those in the Pan-African movement or just in the civil rights movement. There's an effect of generational mental health that every single one of us still having to face. We look at the young people in the, the civil rights movement. Some may not re- remember that really King and many of those guys, they were only in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And they affected a significant change within the voting rights and all the different things that they were fighting for. And then we fast forward, we go into the 70s, and even in the Pan-African movement with the Panthers, many of them, Fred Hampton was 21 years old when that situation happened to him. They were in their 20s, they were young, they didn't have the fear. They moved past the fear of the generational mental health, and they went forth knowing that they had to go to war, in essence, to make change. Mm -hmm. Now we look at the situation here. We look at the situation here with with Minnesota today being the closing arguments, so we'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. But look, it was one of the first times since that I remember, like, from the 60s and stuff, that we had a cross culture so deep that change will eventually manifest from them fighting for what they you know, for the change in the 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 um not so much just the law enforcement, but the, the laws as a as a whole. Mm-hmm. Mental health is significant in spiritual work. So many I find have these challenges in their mental health that they think that they are at this place, but they're not really at that place because then when things 
kind of upset their spirit, sometimes they're the quickest to run. They won't stand there and fight within themselves and say, let me go deeper in myself or let me go deeper with this to find what it is that's causing this, this challenge within me. It is about the depth within ourselves. And when we're not willing to do that work within ourselves, in our consciousness, in our mental health, all of that, we cannot be effective as any spiritual leaders or anything like that to affect change in others. Because at the end of the day, those of us that are spiritual leaders, we have to realize, as one of my godchildren told me, uh, in fact, it was uh, Amora Kitty. Amora Kitty told me one day, spiritual leaders need, healers need healers even more than most people would suggest. Because we're always giving in or giving to, to so many that sometimes we're not getting it back to ourselves and we're so draining, draining, draining our own energy that sometimes it takes us forever to just get back onto even cure. So when I hear Mama Denise and I put it together with mental health, it all goes back to how deep are we willing to do the work to affect the change that Mama Denise was talking about. Yes, we have the conscious power to be able to do that. If we have the confidence within ourselves and we understand to go deeper within ourselves to affect the change. But our mental health has to be in alignment as well in order to facilitate making the effective change. Ashe, so I hope, I hope that makes sense. It absolutely does. And it, and it brings to mind for me as well um, something that I've heard people like Susie Orman and many others say, in the spirit of Oya, you are only as successful as your nine-member peer group. Now, whether that's your spouse or your kid or, or your best friend or, or, the, or the coworker that you sit with the most every single day, you are only as successful as the nine people within in your peer group. And if you don't have at least nine people in your peer group, you need what I'm about to say even more. It is a height of excellence. It is a sign of spiritual maturity and mastery to seek help, to seek advice, to go to someone older than you, to go to someone more experienced than you and say, listen, I need help with this. That is the height, the mastery of spiritual development. Because the weaker you are spiritually, the less likely your ego is going to allow you first to see yourself because you've got to see yourself enough to know where your weaknesses are. A true, a true warrior knows where their weaknesses are, and they prepare to shore that up. So that's why I say it's the height. It's the mastery of. Because where I'm weak, I want that filled. And I'm humble about it. My best witness is right here in the room. Denise didn't caught me on the carpet more than once. Denise didn't box in my ears. And what I do is I take on too much at one time. This one is not feeling well, then I've got to bring this one to the doctor. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And I run till I run myself down. I don't, I don't do enough spiritual work because I'm always 
you know, trying to keep people from falling apart around me and this yeah. kind of thing. And then I'll tell Ty, Ty, I got, I got to shut it down. I got to yeah. shut it down. I got to get back to my center. Yeah. And and here, Mister Hill say, yeah, you're not getting yeah. Yeah. I, I, you you got to slow it down. And, and I'm the. And then I've got to get back I, to my center for me to have enough strength to do what I need. That's to do. right. And I'm the flip of that. I'm giving so much in spirit that I don't right. think about what I'm eating. I don't think mm-hmm. about am I going out and exercising. Neophyte Bokor, where are you going? I, I, I don't think about am I exercising, you know. And so Denise and, and all of her youthfulness, she gets me out of the house. Of course, now I have a personal trainer. But but prior to that, Denise is my workout partner. She's my number one workout partner. So you got to be willing to be humble. And when I look in the social media stratosphere of, witches and want to be witches and practitioners and the like, the ego is just overwhelming about how much we think we know, we think we understand, we think we're in control of, we didn't master everything. Astrology, numerology, or research, we didn't master everything. And then when you fall apart, it's so obvious to everyone around you. It's so obvious to those of us who are viewing your demonstration. I know you're driving, beloved. Come on in, Neophyte. I appreciate you. In your consistent support. When nobody else is here to co-host, Neophyte Bokor usually be here. We can't hear you. We can't hear you. You're breaking up. You're weak and you're breaking up. Yeah, we can't hear you. And what little I'm hearing is breaking up. I can't hear you at all now. Okay, I can hear you. Okay. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, that's okay. All right. Um, looks like they just about finished with me. Um, I had an early start, early, early start this morning. Um, got the door. They're unloading them right now. And work is going smoothly, but early today. Um, I wanted to speak on uh, a couple of things before um, before I go and speak in my paperwork. Uh, speak to the elders, thanks for having me on. But um, as far as the millennials go, and those are underneath me, uh, I, again, I say I'm a, I'm a millennial, and the generations underneath me, and we all have that same problem. We're not masters yet. But yet, we're preparing ourselves as such. But there's a reason for that. There's a reason why all of these generations are going that direction. Right? And, and there's a, a spiritual awakening going on at that point. Most of us like to call it. But the ancestors are calling it because of that gap in between. That there's a missing uh, element. The traditions haven't passed down. And there's a calling to really uh, connect those traditions. And our generation is that one that's going to have to reach out to. And we got to be humble. we got to respect our elders and let them teach and guide us so that we know how to carry out these traditions. It's going to be on our shoulders whether we like it or not. But at least get the guidance on how it is that we're going to pass it down to the next generation below us. 
you know, daily, where where Ella's trying to work with our world we to always be in alignment with our divinity within, with always be in alignment with our our relationship with with spirit, with with the little Mare, with the Fa, with our ancestors. If we're not kind of always working on our on, on our worry, then things kind of fall off. They they don't get into alignment. We all make mistakes in life. We all struggle with relationships at times. We all struggle with maybe saying or do something, doing something that's not in alignment with our higher self. But then we have to go within ourselves to even come into why did I, you know, why did I do that? Why did I have this particular relationship? Well, why did I have this situation? Well, what lessons did you come here to learn? And then what lesson did you learn from this particular situation? And then if you can kind of step out of even your own way to learn how to forgive yourself, sometimes it makes it easier to fall in alignment with good mental health. Sometimes our mental health is that we can't forgive ourselves. We can't forgive ourselves from making this error in judgment. We can't forgive ourselves from aligning with this particular thing, person, or whatever. And in doing that, we still got to look at the lessons that we learned maybe from that person. And if we can do that and we can step out of, out of I want to say step out of judgment, which is extremely difficult to step, to step out of judgment, right? We all have our own feelings on this particular person, why maybe they did that to us or this or that. Yeah. But we have to learn to step out of judgment. And I was speaking to another uh, uh, lady who, who she's very, very powerful herself. And she told me, you got to step out of the attachment. We all have these, these, these attachments. And maybe this person wasn't really meant to be there for your, for your life. They were only meant to be there for a season to bring something out of you. And when you struggle to let that person go or let, the, let, let everything go, then you can't come into the fullness of what the lesson was supposed to be. What was it that a person or a thing was meant to bring out of you? But, but all that goes into mental health. But, but it requires you letting your ego get out of the way. You've, you've got to be willing to get rid of your ego even for yourself and, and be able to see yourself honestly, honestly. I'm concerned when people say, I have no issues, I have no blocks, I have no complications. There's nothing wrong with me. I, I have nothing that needs to be addressed. I have nothing that needs to be approved. I, I, I have no need for shadow work. I'm, I'm almost 99.9% in those cases looking at a narcissist talking to a narcissist, which is a major mental health situation unto itself. Because if you can't see yourself wholly, honestly, then it makes it that much more difficult to ask for help when you need it, to seek advice when you need it, to, to sort of find a place to, to, to realign, you know, if you will. And they're the worst 
with addictions. You can't get that. It takes them longer. Narcissists, it takes them longer to overcome addiction than it would if somebody was not a narcissist. They always feel like they have it together, no matter no matter how bad their lives are falling apart, no matter all the evidence, narcissists are the most difficult to seek and get help for addiction. Mm-hmm. And both of you spoke to sort of the need for healers to seek healing. Yes. And often to some degree more so than even the clients themselves. And I know just from my own experience, um, I got here. I got to voodoo out of a need to heal myself. I was mm-hmm. seeking answers about my own healing, about my mm-hmm. own journey, about my own path. I was seeking to do ministry, and I had mm-hmm. grown up in ministry from both sides of the pulpit, if you will. And so I wasn't mm-hmm. interested in, in ministry, you know, back in my younger years. Uh, but it was in that journey of self that I became much more open to therapists. Yeah counseling, elders, mm-hmm. imams, owls, elder men and women, you know, and sitting at their feet and absorbing that healing and that mm-hmm. knowledge and that advice. Indeed, it, it not only saved my life, but transformed my life to a place that I could not have expected. I, I couldn't see this. And so mm-hmm. it's not unusual for you not to be able to see where you're headed entirely. It's not unusual for you not to be clear about where you might be in five years or, or 10 years, but actively being a part of the process, being a part of the work, absolutely opens up you know, that pathway and makes it a lot easier than just sort of navigating through life you know, without any guide. Um, yes. And before I pass the mic, I want to say... Um, First, the beloved Iyanla Van Zandt says two things that stick out to me. The first thing is, it is unloving, it is unkind to expect yourself to do something, to act in a certain way that you've never been taught how to do. It's unkind, it's unloving. So that, that's why we seek the advice, the hand, the guidance of, of those strong elders. The second thing she says that um, sticks out with me um, is that, oh, wow, now I can't remember her quote, um, but, but it has to do with being willing to acknowledge self honestly, looking self in the mirror honestly, and being clear about where you need support. It's only in that place Oshun and Orisha and Loa can then intercede. Because mm-hmm. as my cousin already explained, if your Ori don't allow it, nobody can help you if your Ori doesn't allow it. Mm-hmm. And so for my magical practitioners out there, you know, even in your wildest imagination, even in, 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 in uh, entertainment and, and in imagination and, and in the fairy tales, the mind of the witch, the mind of the magi, the mind of the practitioner, the, the mind of the magical individual who, who performs great feats of miracles before us has to be clear, 
has to be evolved, has to be superior to utilize that kind of energy. Just imagine if we could use that kind of fairy tale book magic just as we are today. Wouldn't be no planet. Wouldn't be no third world war because we would have killed the planet years ago. You know, if, if we could make all of our enemies just de- vaporize and disappear at will. If we could just hurt everybody right on the spot that, that we think hurt us. Wouldn't be no planet. Wouldn't be no humanity. Because too many of us are seeing the world uh, through blinders. Or, or incorrectly, or, or through a, through alternate realities, and are not seeing things for what they are. <clears throat> Denise calls me on that all the time. Who said that? Who told you that? Where did you hear that? Or is that your imagination? Denise calls me on that all the time. You know, you assume people don't like you. You assume you're not going to get that job. You assume that there's no options, no no alternatives for you, that there's no miraculous events that could occur for you to change your scenario from what you remember from yesterday. We, we assume mm-hmm. that. So that yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, I live my life knowing that things are not always what I, I see them to be or believe them to be. And I need to uh, uh, get out of my own head about things, and I'll go, wait a minute. I've already built the scenario. That is not necessarily what it is. That's why I'm always saying, you know what? i got to surrender this. i got to trust spirit on this. I, I'm just going to leave this. I'm going to lay this aside because my ego makes me want to control everything. Mm-hmm. I want to be the 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 uh, circus map. Mm-hmm. I want the elephants to do this, and I just want to, cause I just want to be the circus map. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, and that's ego. A lot of times, after I have worn myself out trying to control or fix, or I've got. Surrender can be your greatest power. Mm-hmm. And once I pull me out and tell my ancestors, tell spirit, I cannot do this and I need you to. Mm-hmm. And once you do that and your hand is completely out of it, that's where the magic is. That's where the magic happens. That's that phone call you never expected. That's mm-hmm. that information that some. I've had I've had a racist sitting next to me in a coffee shop listening to my conversation about a problem I was having. I knew his spirit when I sat next to him. I could smell it on him. And I'm telling this person that I don't know what I'm going to do because this, this, this has happened, and I don't think it's sustainable for me. And he folded his newspaper very quietly, and he reached over, he leaned over, he said, that's not what you need. This is what you need, and this is how you do it. The bank is going to say nothing. This is acceptable, and this is how you fix it. And I had a house note that went from $1,400 a month to six. 
because he shows me not only did it go to six, but they had to give me all that money. When I changed contracts, they had to give me all that money. And I knew he was a racist. But because I surrendered, spirit forced him to tell me how to fix it. So you got to pull ego out. You cannot fix everything. You cannot control everything. It's not what you what it looks like. And you got to back out of it so that there can be some supernatural intervention to fix some of the things that you need to fix. Supernatural intervention. And it's fixed in ways that you can't even imagine. That's the best part of that. Sometimes you just got to go, can't do it, not going to try, y'all got it. I tell my ancestors who's above me right now, look, y'all got this, I can't do I can't deal with this, right? And then the magic starts. It's stepping out of fear, isn't it, It is stepping out of fear, baby. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, my ancestors did not survive generations to sit me in this chair. But they did not know something about how to make spirit work, okay? Because they were in constant terror, like we are now, mm-hmm. and in constant stress, and in constant, I mean, uh, to, they lived in a, in a constant need, and, uh, and, and, and if they did not have a strong faith in a listen. It's what, did you know that black women once owned half the French Quarter? Mm. Half of the French Quarter at one time. Wow. Real estate, they owned half. So let me tell you, there's power in your surrender and letting spirit work. So, mm. I say. I say. Uh, welcome back, Neophyte Bokor. Okay, great. Um,
where the tools are. That's right. This is where the tools and the things that we need to do that's our next generation. Talk a little bit more. No, no, I, I agree with you 100%. I also wanted to sort of address the question um, that's really only being tossed around by one person in the chat. Um, and, and that's about ego. Um, the ego is the self, especially as distinct from the world and the other aspects of the self. Remember, I talk every day about us living in at least 11 dimensional spaces at once. So if you're somebody who's always living in the past, your sense of ego will not be the same as someone who's always living in the future. Your ego will not be the same as someone who's living right now in this most present moment in time space. So, mm-hmm. so the demonstration of your ego is going to show up distinctly differently. In psychoanalysis, the division of the psyche that is conscious must immediately, most immediately controls thought and behavior and mm-hmm. is most in touch with external reality. Mm-hmm. So some of you are only responding and acting in this dimensional space in front of you, external reality. What do it look like? How much value does it have? What kind of labels are on it? How much did you pay for that? Do I look like I'm struggling? Do I look like I'm, I'm poor? Do, do I look like I'm a particular class, status in this culture? Again, if ego is ori, it's not in balance, your mm-hmm. ego will not be in balance. So we, we can't get around the discussion of mental health. Now, we can come up with some other words. You know, let, 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 let's come up with a, with a code word for mental health so, so that you all aren't triggered by those particular words, mental health. Mm-hmm. But, but anything spiritual is mental health. Anything mm-hmm. spiritual is mental health. Any activities that we operate in spiritually, religiously, should be about mental health. An exaggerated sense of self-importance. Conceit is ego out of balance. It's ego not healthy. And to its extreme, m- might be narcissism. So ego is not a, a word that we were quote unquote forced on us by, by the Greeks. It, just like mental health, let's call it something else, your true self. Mm-hmm. Let's call it your true self. I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of young women uh, with mental with uh, beautiful young women accomplished with uh, Self-esteem issues. We just pulled, they just pulled the girl out the Mississippi River who jumped. There was no, they looked at the cameras when this little girl went missing. She's absolutely beautiful to look Mm -hmm. at. They looked at all the cameras. They could find no evidence of foul play. Mm-hmm. And the car was found on the Mississippi River Bridge or out mm-hmm. around Baton Rouge, and they just found her body. 
and the word said that her and the boyfriend had had it out. I'm seeing young, beautiful women. If you are sexual to the point of sickness, where you will just give your body to any man, woman, just anybody. That's a mental health issue. Whenever you find an overabundance of a pleasure, that's a mental health issue. When you don't care enough about yourself that you would let anybody take their pleasure in you, uh, that's a mental health issue. When you are uh, overexposing yourself and you don't have enough self-esteem to cover what a husband values or what a good man values, and I understand their styles and their beautiful, you know, but, but a woman who cares about herself treats herself a certain way, and I teach them to say, you know what? That's not going to work for me. Women have to learn to stand up for themselves and go, you know what? That's not acceptable. And the world will treat you the way that you demand. Don't be afraid to walk away and don't be afraid to say, no, that is not acceptable for me. Make people step up, step to your standards. Don't lower yourself to them. The first thing is a man values a woman that makes him a better man. Yes. She, let me tell you, you make him a better man by demanding certain things. I asked a young brother, I said, well, are you bringing your girlfriend? Are you bringing her here? He said, oh, no, ma'am, she likes this. She done stepped him up. Oh, no, this, this, that's not, no, she likes it better, this. I'm going to tell you who told the story very recently. The comedian, uh, what's his name on the radio in the morning? Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey mm-hmm. gave his wife a ring, an engagement ring. She said, uh, when can I set the date? He said, oh, you can't set the date right now. I want to do this, 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 and this. She took the ring off her finger. She gave it back to him. She said, give it back to me when I can set a date. You understand? In other words, he was putting her on the shelf. I'm going to hold you right here. Tell, tell. When she told him that, he put the ring back on her finger. He said, set the date. I'll work it out. So women make men better by them treating themselves better. A man will value you more if you value yourself more. So we need to teach our little young sisters just what is it that they wonder why uh, they they don't have husbands. Or they wonder why the plainest girl in their class got a husband, but she ain't got no husband. Uh, Or this one got a husband, she ain't got no husband. A man want somebody who values themselves. He will value you if you value yourself. If you make his life better, and by valuing yourself, you're going to make his life better. If when he walks in the door of your house, 
it is the place that he wants to be. He finds peace from the world. You give a man peace from the world when he steps in your house. He can leave that nightmare behind him and be treated like the man he's supposed to be treated. You understand? When he walks in the door, he wants a place that will keep him uh, 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 at peace. All that cussing and howling and you ain't got nothing to eat and this man is trying to do the best he can for you and there's not at least something for him to eat and find. Sisters, you got to stop getting messy. You got to stop laying down for everybody, men, women, children, and the family test. I don't care who you sleep with, but uh, try to have some kind of consciousness about who you are. That's my thing. And again, it starts on self-esteem. It start, again, it starts with self. That's right. Remember my mantra from from the previous show, I am better than this. I am better than this. That's right. Say it with me. I am better than this. I am better than this. I will say in a minute, oh, no, that won't work for me. They tried to give me a table by the kitchen in in a restaurant. They wasn't giving me a break on the price. I looked at the woman. I said, honey, I could never be comfortable there. Now, I will wait until you have a better table. But that swinging door coming in and out of that kitchen is not going to work for me. I need a place of beauty and comfort and peace. And guess what? That table she didn't have all of a sudden appeared. All of a sudden, you make demand for something better for yourself. A lot of it comes back to self-healing, correct? That's right. And the the desire to to recognize that you need self-healing. And in that, you have to also recognize, and, and I agree with you, Mama, but a woman also has to recognize that a man can uplift her as well. Yes, and, many, and many women, when they feel that something's wrong here or there, are not willing to work with the man, but are, are, are ready and quick to leave and run. Honesty is your best policy. If there's no honesty in that relationship, it'll never work. Hold up, hold up, hold up. That goes back to my point of five minutes ago. It's got to start with self. You've got to be willing to say to yourself, I am better than this behavior that I am manifesting now. I am better than what I've been doing. I am better than than repeating my past. I am better. You've got to start here. It makes it much easier for you to say that to the man or the woman you know, that, that you're sharing a relationship with, if you are honest enough to say that to yourself. And, sure. and a narcissist can't say, I am better than this. Because a narcissist thinks they're already the best. Right. They're, they're already better. So They can't grow because they, they, are, they think they've reached the pinnacle. That's right. And when it comes to a mess, if you go in and this man has a dream, if he has a dream, and you want to be with this man, you're supposed to be working even up with him to get this dream moving now. This dream is for both of y'all. He's not dreaming for himself. We are, he is dreaming for a better life for both y'all. So guess what? When y'all hit the floor in the morning, the dream is supposed to be the first thing on both your minds. She's supposed to be working with you. Don't run 
This man's got a dream. He's going to work. You know this is a good man. You stay in there and you work. You stay in there and you work with him.
was going to buy it too. Right? Because I, I, I'm, I'm going to buy it too, cash money. Paying $770. I backed up like a crawfish. What the whole hell I need with $700? <laughs> I ain't buying driving is rich. That's $700 I can put in my business. I can buy oils to make my perfumes. Mm-hmm. I can buy supplies. I can put up my new website. I got T-shirts on the on the. Seven hundred dollars worth of purse for what? To make brownie happen? No, I ain't got that kind of ego. You took mm-hmm. me out. It's gonna be that twenty dollar, five dollar purse. Uh, but. Mm-hmm. And, and isn't it also that we're not even following that which uh, is examples in front of us? When we look at a lot of these guys who are so rich. They're not. They're, they're walking around like bums, and yeah, some of them got these great big mansions, but many of them, like uh, who's the old guy, uh, Warren Buffett, does not. He's been living in the same house for like 50, 60 years and driving the same car for 40. So, but he's one of the richest people everybody knows and follows his example on how he invests money. So then, if we're not following those people who are leading that example, then I mean, what are we doing? If we're not following the example of people who have healthy relationships, what are we doing? We're supposed to be building something in a relationship. What's a relationship from? No, no, no. Hold on. Hold up. I'm answering answering the question. Because I'm a witness. I'm guilty. We're doing mental health. Mama had to check me on that. Like a sponsor in AA weekly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Weekly. I, I will question him like like I'm mental, the bank. Mental health. What are you doing? How much? Why you need it? It's mental health. Can you do without it? Uh, your inability. Your inability to hold on to resources. Do you have four five thousand dollars in case we gotta run? We don't know when we're coming back. You got four or five thousand dollars so we can eat. But the government they decide we ain't giving you nothing. We ain't putting you up nowhere, and if we putting you up, it ain't gonna be for long. Can you survive? You understand? Well, they said so, they wasn't gonna carry us through another Katrina. They already told us if another Katrina comes, so they're not gonna family, carry us. The family supposed to have some running money, some gas money. You understand? And some hotel money. Uh, what, why, why are you buying it? Do you really need it? Can you do without it? If you see it, yeah, because I don't, mm-mm. you don't need toys. You don't need toys. You need land. You need houses. Because they get rich by, by us supporting them. We pay for their lifestyle. We pay for their lifestyle. How many of them became the Arabs, the Chinese, the uh, why do people book, put businesses in our neighborhood if we so broke? Mm-hmm. You explain to me why the half store is in our neighborhood. You drive down from my house and got six half stores. If we so damn broke, why is the half store in my neighborhood? Why is the grocery? They find chicken and making gumbo better than us in our neighborhood. Let me say let me say it again before my cousin speaks. Mental health. Mental health. You're buying to make yourself good, feel good. You're buying to make yourself feel accepted in America. You're buying so that you feel like you fit in 
into right. this mess of America. You're buying, deserve, you're buying on emotions, mental health. But for those of you who don't understand. I deserve a $500 purse. But you ain't got $500 to put in it. You ain't got no money to put in that $500 purse. I deserve red bottom shoes. Baby, when you're pulling down, when you have your own business and you're pulling down a $1,000 a day, I'm going to tell you. Um, go buy your red bottom shoes, sister. You're pulling a thousand a day. Go buy your red bottom shoes. You got two, three houses. They support. They're supplying your neighborhood. I mean, they're supplying your lifestyle. Go buy your red bottom shoes. But you ain't got two pair feet, so you don't. But but two feet, so you don't need five pair red bottom shoes. Okay, five pair red bottom shoes and all in purses to match is a down payment on another property that you could. Start making money. The government can start paying you some uh, uh, some some rental. I got family in Mississippi that are getting paid by the government not to mow their lawn. That's right. Not to mow their lawn because it's a you know a wild bird refuge. Uh, other right. you know lizards and frogs that they're trying to save. So they have acres. Right. They have acres of land. They had to have their own road put in. They had to have their own power strung. They had their own, their own water system to bring water. That's how rural I'm talking about. And they're getting paid more than their mortgage a month just not to cut their land. Just don't cut it. And sometimes the deers come right up to the house. Sometimes the bears come right up to the house. It's very entertaining as long as you indoors. <laughs> But I'm now, always looking for somebody to pay me for something. Always. Listen, I want to respond to Chef Boozy. I want us all to respond to this because I think it's important. And again, my platform right now is mental health. Chef Boozy says, unfortunately, society is not geared like that anymore. Sometimes mm-hmm. look, people are looking at where you are currently instead of what your potential is. A hardworking man is no longer appreciated by women. And, and that's yeah. true. And one of the reasons for that is we don't know how to communicate. If you don't communicate with your suitor or your partner or your friend, before you engage in a relationship, you don't have no idea what their potential is. That's you, right. You don't know he where they've been. Listen, he should leave with the plan. Nothing, nothing is sexier than a man with a plan, okay? If he's clean, uh, well put together, haircut, and he come and he said, look, I'm working here. This is what I'm doing. But this is where I'm trying to get, to my own restaurant, to my own coffee shop, to my own what you call it. And then you know how you get wealthy? You start something. This is what... Uh, um, the, the, the director, what's his name? The black director from New Orleans. What's his name? Kyle Paris. He said, use what you have and multiply it. He started with one movie, multiply Big Mama, and been everywhere on the, on the thing. So you start with a sandwich shop, coffee shop, whatever. Next thing you know, you got them nine miles away, ten miles away. You add a bookstore to it. You got uh, uh, will deliver in your neighborhood. You multiply your good idea, and that's how people become wealthy. That's how you become wealthy. 
You got a good idea, you start small and multiply. And somehow I'm a firm believer that, and, and this might say, listen, for my LGTB community, y'all know I'm LGTB. So this isn't a strictly heterosexual conversation. But I've noticed that women handle money better than men. And when I hear the elders, particularly in Ifa and, and Ghana and West Africa, talk about the marketplace being controlled by women, being dominant, there's something to that. When I look at my female partners, my female marriages, my, my lesbian relationships, they don't seem to have a problem bringing their money together. They don't seem to have a problem buying a business together, buying land mm-hmm. together. Buying houses. But men, mm-hmm. gay or straight, mm-hmm. men seem to have a big problem with sharing, bringing their resources together with someone else, and then growing that. Mm-hmm. Developing that. What what is that about, brothers? What's that about? Starting with a script. You know, when we look at, I look at the United States right now, and I'm looking at a divorce rate that's damn near fifty percent. I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at, uh, uh, um, I'm looking at the United States where people have so much mental health issues that are not being addressed. I'm looking at the United States where so many factors are happening that men a lot of times are fearful that the one that they are trusting with their life is going to be just destroying them and then taking all that they worked for, even together with that partner, with that mate, and there's nothing to show for it. So I believe a large part of it has to do with a lot of fear. Fear that that they're going to be left holding a bag for everything and, and not have anything to show for it. That's part of my, my, my feeling on that. If I can uh, share a piece of that, I would say we got several things that are going on. First of all, we're not humble. In our relationships, we're not humble. We can't put ourselves in a place where we can actually meet that criteria of submission. We expect them to be submissive, let's be honest. But we're not willing to be submissive ourselves. It's not in our, in, in, in our coding in our heads or something. That right there, I think, is a problem. I don't, yeah. I don't see that in our, in our genetics. I don't see that in our past. In our past, we were equal. But for some reason, I think that's changed something. Somebody that's coding that right there and generationally kept getting worse and worse, like an algorithm in the back of our head keep telling us that we got to be our top, we got to be master, we have to be this, we have to be that, we have to be that thing that they level up to. But how do you level up to that if you're not greedy? Everything is mine, 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 gimme, gimme, gimme. Right? On top of the fact that they're in a society that has to microwave everything. Nobody takes their time to do anything. So we are losing a grip on the fact that our, our ancestors were based off equality on a different 
profound level. Yeah. In that for every how do we translate that to what's going on now? Well, look at our relationship. The women that we are trying to uh, attract are only, not only, but most of them are expected to be able to level up their situation. But their situation is the same as us. We are put down on purpose. They're trying to climb out just like we're trying to climb out. Only, as men, we're looked at as we got to be that loud. We don't know how to be that loud. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's perpetuating itself. Selfish, stingy. It's the wrong, wrong way of looking at how you're supposed to be loving yourself. It's corrupted something. It's a corrupted file somewhere. You got to do some stuff. You got to love ourselves before we can love someone else. Somebody gave us the wrong uh, idea of how that even looks like. Like, what does that even look like? How do you even love yourself? You can't sit and look at yourself in the mirror for five seconds and be happy or satisfied with what you see. But yet, you've got to love yourself. I am a firm believer. My dad always told me, in order to love somebody, you got to first love yourself. And I hold that like biblical work. But I also found out that in order to love somebody else, I mean, in order to love yourself, you have to learn how to put yourself to the side and do for something. You have to do both. You can't just do one. And I believe personally that as men, we don't know how to do that. We don't learn how to find that balance. You can't self-sacrifice. You can't put yourself on the chopping block. You're too afraid. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else is cutting you off at the knees, so you got to defend yourself against everything and everybody. Yeah, I'm not along that line. I believe that has to be. That, has, that, that file has to be reprogrammed. When I hear I believe you, personally, like, the woman is the throne. The woman is the throne. If you don't look at genetic science, that symbol itself is the lot of the woman. You want to find your throne, young uh, men? Uh, you want to find your throne? That throne is that woman's lap. Just off the leg. Mm-hmm. By the symbology of the, the symbolism and those hieroglyphs. You asked the question. You asked the question early on. You asked the question early on where does it come from? And and then when you started sort of describing certain behaviors, um, my mind kept saying it came from the father. Listen to me, the white father. That's why I say it's, it's rooted in Christianity and religion, because Christianity has taught us how to be meek, how to be submissive, how to be passive. We, we learn honor even your slave master, according to their book. So we, we learned this behavior from the white father, the white father. And I know that makes some of y'all uncomfortable, but that, that's our, not only was that our, our slave image, who, who was the head, the white father, the, the white slave owner. And then why does that image so closely pair up with 
the image you all have been presented with for religion. God the Father, God the Son. So that behavior, that programming came from the white father. I also want to respond uh, before I pass the mic. Um, Joshua Benjamin, I think that's part of the problem, especially in the West. We, we kind of want to see ourselves as this big melting pot in which everything loses its color, its personality, its ethnicity, its culture, and sort of becomes this one industrial, militarized thing. And, and, and that's not real. Creation was not created that way. I watched a program the other day that says that we have so well specialized farming in the West that we're losing other, other um, varieties of corn, other varieties of wheat, other varieties of plants, because we focused in on one, two, three, four, five specific things that have made them super. You know, we've empowered them with, you know, all kind of chemical, you know, trickery. And everything else, diversity in nature, is dying off. So I think that is part of the problem that we somehow, and I'm going to use this word very specifically, we somehow steal sort of the essence out of various cultures and practices and beliefs and traditions around the world here in the West and try and form it like dough into something that, that's, that's specific to me, that's only to me, and, and I'm going to use it and take advantage of it only to my best benefit. That energy, that mindset is, is destroying the world. It's harming diversity and culture. We have whole cultures, a whole ethnic groups of people that don't exist anymore or, or down to the last few dozen of people. Where, where are the, the, the quote-unquote Eskimos? Where are the quote-unquote ethnic groups that embody Canada and, and North America and, and South America and Mexico? And, and, and Brazil? Where are they as we continue to sort of melt everything into one thing? And another question I have with that is, why does that one thing always have to mirror the Father? Why is that? Why is when, when interracial uh, communities come together, we have to mirror the white father's perspective of what that community should look like, what that community should do, how that community should act? So, again, I said we're going to find a, a code word so that I don't keep triggering y'all by saying mental health. So we're going to say ORI. We're going to say ORI. It has everything to do with what's working, not working. In our head and in our consciousness. And I'm going to say it again we cannot continue to eat BS and fake food and nonsense and expect to be functioning like God, whether it's about our money, whether it's about our relationships, whether it's about our partnerships and communication in our workspaces. If we're not whole, you can't be whole for the next person. You can't show up for the next person. Uh, before uh, Neophyte Volcor disappeared from the screen, he also said something about, I can't love you without loving myself. And, and I absolutely believe that. But I, I think also, um, when I do think about the indigenous village-based mentality, if I was sick, the whole village was sick. If I was not well, the whole village was not well. 
And so it, 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 it made the need for, the desire for fixed resolution, healing, even more great. And it involved everybody being, being party to that. Would you agree with me, cousin? Yeah, I mean, uh, I believe even here in our country, go back about 60, 70, not even that far. I don't remember in my lifetime, 30 years ago, we, we would have the, the whole thing still of the family dinners. We would still have that when a, a, an elder was sick, so many of us in the family would be gathering around, whether not together, but taking our turns, making sure we're coming to make sure that that elder was taken care of, whether they had food, whether we had to go to the store for them, whatever the situation might have been. So I believe that, uh, you know, we, we somewhat have lost that over the last 10 years at least, if not 20 years. We're not having these big family gatherings and family dinners and, and all of this to the extent that we used to. We're not taking care of our elders together as a unit like we used to. We, we have to then be looking in our family and look at what was it that broke that apart. A lot of people say it's the young ones having children. But all through our, excuse me, all through our history, we had 14, 15, and 16-year-olds that at maybe one point were married, you know, having children anyway. The maturity level is different, you know? The level of, of expectation was different. Now today, the 14, 15, and 16-year-olds, we have parents afraid of their own damn kids. So therefore, you know, it's a totally different scenario and situation. Um, so, go straight ahead. Ahead. Let me tell you the worst thing I ever heard. There's several things I, I've heard that have really cut my heart out. One of them is there ain't no shame in my game. Well, you should be shame. You should you should have some kind of stop sign, some kind of uh, uh, something that will stop you from falling into the lowest levels of, 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 of your life. There should be. There ain't no shame. And the other thing is, I don't need no man. You got five children, and you don't need no man. You needed them to get their children in. Then if God wanted you to raise them children by you, I could raise my children by themselves. Let me tell you, by myself. There are things about a man I will never know. And those boys, you can raise them by you. We have done it successfully. I'm one of them. Educated him, but there are still parts of that puzzle that I don't know. And it takes a man to talk to a young boy to give him a credit. Now, I had a good man in my life after his daddy died. But you shouldn't, if it took two people to make that child, it takes two to raise him. Stop saying I don't need no man. You need him. I need one. I wish I had one in the house right there. It makes you fall out funny. A man communicate differently with other men. When I go to have my, this simple thing, I go to have my oil changed. That stuff they put in my ear, oh, well, filthy, right, and the this and the daddy, right, it's 300 and some dollars. If I was not a person that didn't keep every receipt, I had to go back to the guy and say, you know what, you told me that three months ago. 
This is not right. You told me this thing lasts me nine months to a year, and you're trying to tell me the same thing again. They wouldn't say that stuff if I had a man that wasn't there to have my own case because they know a man knows different. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Denise, hold up. Denise, hold up. Hold up. Because I want to respond to Ghost Trader, and I want you to respond. Because Denise never said the issue of ego was about women. You hearing what you want to hear, bro. She didn't say that. And if a man's ego was in its proper perspective, she wouldn't have to raise a son by herself. So That's she, right. She didn't say that. You, you heard what you wanted to hear. <laughs> I, didn't say, I didn't say women have the biggest ego. That's not what I said. That's, I said all ego should be put aside. You're going to have a relationship. You're going to have to put some of that aside in order to be successful. To have a successful relationship, to have a partnership. I didn't say women have the best. We're going to run the tape, baby. I know I never said women have the best egos. I said in order to have a successful relationship, you're going to have to put some support into that man's dream. If you accept him with a dream, you're going to have to work on that dream just like him. That's what I mean. You want a relationship with a good man, there's work involved. He's got to be honest. You have to be honest. And in order to reach that goal, everybody's going to have to put some of their needs away. Okay. The woman can have a dream, too. That's the right. woman can have a dream, too. Baby, even better. Even better. That's right. We get up trying to get this thing done for both of us. That's right. Because I know I got one. They put me in shock. I got to redesign my whole business from the bottom up so that I'm in a position that they can never cut my business short again. So. Give thanks. We have about nine minutes. So, uh, Cousin, if, you know, share what you will, uh, or you can offer your closing, um, and then we'll end the show. Okay. I mean, I hope that people really took in and uh, what, what we shared about, you know, we talked a lot about different facets of mental health. Uh, we didn't really get into triggers because triggers are, are an extensive part of mental health as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have to also look at going back to the root of some of the situations and circumstances and what triggers our reactions today. Whether we realize it or not, triggers, and sometimes they're subconscious. The subconscious to a point where you have no idea if it's from you or generation. That's Maybe right. your ancestor is having this reaction through you because this situation is calling them to this place and time. So we have to look at all of this in regard to our healthy mental health. Our, we all have to strive to be healthy in the mental side. And a large part of our community, unfortunately, doesn't take the, the seriousness behind mental health that needs to be. And in our spiritual traditions, it is essential that we are working diligently on our mental health, especially those of us that are considered priests and healers and all of that. Because when we're not healthy, we cannot at all interpret the messages and then be able to then adequately 
deal with a person and move them on, on the path of their own mental health, of their own, like, healing. So I hope that all of those that were here today really look and very honestly look at themselves and look at those around them. And if somebody chose to leave you because maybe they're not in the place, show grace. Show grace. Everybody here is on a journey. We are all on our journey. And if we believe that we are all spiritual beings living a human temporal uh, um, being at this time, we are all on a journey that is supposed to help us in ascension back to the level of creator. So I share with you to, to to show grace, to show mercy, and to understand that all of us on our journey are not going to be at the same place at the same time. And sometimes we have to then be able to lead by example on how to guide a person back to that place of godness within himself. So if you wish to get in contact with me, feel free. If anybody's interested in learning, maybe from my perspective of spirituality or Islam, then please. Feel free to reach out, 405-593-5670, or feel free to, to email me at I-L-E-I-S-E-S-E-O-L-A-D-E-J-I at gmail.com. I-L-E-I-S-E-S-E-O-L-A-D-E-J-I at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to assist you. Whatever I cannot do, I always honor my rule. The founder of Ile Allah Orisha Temples in Florida. And whatever I cannot do, I, you know, we always have the ability to go up another level to get you the help that you need. So I thank you all, and I appreciate you all and your support. And uh, Anafia, peace be with
talk about it. This is not something that will ever go away. That race that you buried is still there. That trauma is still there. Until you come to terms with it, it's still there. And so I, my prayer to you is that you face it. That was an in, that's not your whole life, okay? And they took nothing from you. That was this sickness. Um, I need you to heal so you don't stay sick from the incident or incident. So I need you to seek healing from this sexual trauma. Thank you. Uh, he didn't take nothing from you. He took something from himself. And, 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 and I need you to heal from it. Yeah. So, this trauma is real, sisters. Don't deny it. It is real. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I like how, how my cousin said, I don't know where that echo is coming from. Um, I like how my cousin said grace. Uh, it, it reminded me of something that Denise says all the time. You know, it, we have our own little way in voodoo. You want to move somebody off the block, move somebody out of your life, move somebody out of the neighborhood. And Denise teaches that. You send them grace. You pray yeah. that, that God moves them along, carries them to where they need to be. And so that's why I send grace. I'm not here to be liked by you or anyone else, beloved. I'm not here to be agreed with by you or anyone else, beloved. And I'm glad that my cousin was enough to get you to even come to the show. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. But let's be clear. <laughs> We live in a, it's a man's world. And so the ego rests with you. The ego rests with men. Women are able to, to address their work when given space. It is you and I who can't come together. It's you and I who have to allow our egos to create competition and superior intellect. And, I, and I've got to show myself to be more conscious than the next brother. That's ego. And that's why brothers are not coming together, buying land, building businesses, creating a foundation for all of us to, to survive on into the next that's, that's ego. When a man can't look at his own shortcomings, that's ego. When a man can't say grace, it's nothing to argue about. That's ego. And we have too many kids dying behind a gun, dying behind ego, dying behind he disrespected me, dying behind you, you looked at me sideways. That's ego in, in its wrong place. That's ego. So, so just like mental health, we don't like English. So, so let's speak Swahili. Let's speak Yoruba. Y'all don't like to hear mental health. Y'all don't like to hear ego. That's about our conflict with the culture that we live in. This impressive state of the USA that we live in. And, and that's why we keep preaching Ori, what's in here. That's what's coming out of here. So I know when I'm being shaded. I know when I'm being sidestepped. Okay. I know when somebody's trying to diminish me. That's that's my whole life. I am black gay in America. That's my life. 
But Michi X, give thanks. Michi X, she taught me some things this year, beloved. <laughs> I love my friends. I love my supporters. I love my haters. I love people who don't appreciate what I got to say. You hear. You hear. That's great. That's great. I'm going to say goodbye. It's 2 o'clock. It has been my pleasure. I hope I was uh, able to hear you. Um, and I hope that um, hope that you put more value on your life. Put more value. Something's uh, wonderfully made. Put more value on your life, my little sisters. Thank y'all. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for my brothers for showing up and 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 enduring this conversation and being a part. And I'm always grateful for my co-host, the beloved Denise Augustine, and of course my. I'll see you all Friday. I'm going to take care of a friend Wednesday, so I'll see you all Friday. All right, peace and blessings. All right, bye, bye, baby. Always a blessing. Odabo. Odabo. Thank you so much. That was a great show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and sometimes I feel like, you know, we could always elaborate or, or, or take the topics further, you know, on mm-hmm. the next show. But it seems like every show just has its unique energy. Yes. And so whether I have a topic or not, I never know where the show is going to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Once we open the mics and people start making comments and asking questions, I, I never know where the show is going to go. Mm-hmm. So for a show that didn't have a plan, I thought that was well. That, that was awesome. Yeah. Everybody, everybody, we were all able to, to, to talk in alignment and from different viewpoints, but everything still lined up into a good place. So it's awesome. Yes. So I'll see you again uh, Wednesday. All right. I'll talk to you then. All is a blessing. I said. I said. Congo Square. The Omus Indians. The Omus Indians prepared this place for us centuries before our arrival. A sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. The almost Indians prepared this place for us. Centuries before our arrival. Congo Square, a sacred spot where corn festivals were celebrated. And as the colonizers came, our host, the almost Indians, they pushed aside our host. The colonizers came and pushed aside our host and introduced us in chains. And by the late 1700s, we somehow, recognizing the sacredness of Le Place de Congo, we somehow, and the how of our somehow persuasive methodologies is not clear at this moment. The how is not clear. How our persuasive methodologies worked is not clear at this moment, but nevertheless, even as slaves, we crafted and created a space where we could be free to be we. And thusly, 
Thusly we countered the sacrilegiousness of the French, giving great homage to our ancestors as well as giving praise and thanks to our red-blooded brothers and sisters. This is an oral libation toast to Congo Square, to Native Americans, to our ancestors who made a circle out of a square and gave us a way to stay ourselves, save ourselves from the transformatory ugliness of America, which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life which refuses to recognize the spirituality of life and celebrates death with crosses and crosses, double and triple crosses, the middle passage, the first cross, Christianity, the double cross, and capitalism, the ultimate triple coup de grace cross of our captivity. But the terror of crosses notwithstanding, we sang, we beat, we be, we was and is. Hail Congo Square. Congo, Congo Square. Our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated inside the beat of us. Inside the beat of us, our African gods have not been obliterated. They have merely retreated, retreated inside the beat of us until we are ready to release them into a world that we recreate, a world harrowed by the beat, be, beat, being, beating, being of black heart drum, heart beat, heart beat. Heart be at this place, at this place be heart be be we beating place in new world space, beating being in place in new world, preserving our ancient pace. Our dance is the God walk, our music the God talk. First thing we do. Let's get together, circle ourselves into community. No beginning, no end, connected together and singing, ringing, singing in a ring. Second, let's be original, aboriginal. Be what we were before we became what we are, be bambula dance, be banza music, and sing song words which have no English translation. Third, let us remember. Let us remember never to forget, even when we can't remember the specifics we must retain the essentials. Let us remember never to forget. Even when we can't remember the specifics, we must retain the essentials. The bounce, the blood, flow, the feel, the spirit, grow, energy. Must retain and pass on the essential us-ness 
that others want to dissipate, whip out of us. But no matter, no matter how much of us they prohibit, no matter how much of us they prohibit, deep inside us is us. Deep inside us is us. Remains us inside and needs only the beat to set us free. The beat to free us. It is morning. A sun day. A feel. A feel. Without shade. But dark. Dark with the people black of us in various, various, various shades, eclipsing the sun with our elegance. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to be, to be. We are centuries later now, and still this sacred ground calls us to remember, to beat, to be, beat Congo Square, be Congo Square. Remember. Yeah. 